0: heals the brokenhearted, and binds up their wounds. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I am joined by my good friend from St. Agnes and Rockville Center, Frank Alasia. Frank, how are you doing today? Doing fine, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is great. Uh, The topic for this week's conversation is grief something that we all experience, especially when we lose a loved one. Grief is the actual emotional reaction to a loss, the loss of a parent, loss of a spouse, a sibling, a close friend. And we have to face our grief. You know, Jesus himself validated our human grief. He wept at the tomb of his friend Lazarus, and he agonized in the garden that night. So we must acknowledge our own grief, and we can't ignore it or run away from it.
1: So how do you want to start us off talking about grief, Frank? No, you're right. Everybody grieves in their own way. And and in this podcast, we're just going to try to give some thoughts on, you know, um, how we think about it and maybe some of the things that we say can be helpful. But if you're grieving the loss of a loved one and you know that no one can take that person's place, there's very few words that can truly console you. Always remember that through God's grace, the support of those who love you and the passage of time will help you get through the period of sorrow. I mean, even though the saints knew eternal life awaited, they grieve just like we do. But we have a tendency to think that these are like superhuman people. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, she was happily married for 11 years, but her husband's business failed. He contracted tuberculosis and died. Moreover, Elizabeth converted to Catholicism. She was Episcopalian and she was rejected by her relatives and friends, and her kids were rejected. St. Bridget of Sweden, whose death was hastened by grief over her son, who led a very sinful life. St. Paulinus is another one. With his wife, he grieved over the death of their infant son, who had been the answer to their prayers after many childish years of marriage. You can imagine how painful and how tough that was to get through. Yeah, we forget that the saints had had life, lives that were filled with grief
0: in many cases. But the Catholic point of view on grief is that we, we can really only manage our intense grief by embracing or, and reviving our own faith and hope and remembering the promise made by Jesus at the Last Supper. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I have prepared a place for you, and I will come back again and take you to myself." We can maintain the bond with our loved one beyond the grave, right, by keeping that person, whatever they meant to us, in our hearts every day, praying for them and to them. And by continuing to prepare our own soul for our own heavenly journey, which will soon come.
1: Yeah, I mean, very often, you know, you'll hear people say it was God's plan or everything happens for a reason. I mean, those things those words really come up empty uh, a lot. You know, uh, you talk about moving on and, and stuff like that. It, it's very difficult to move on because when you've lost somebody close to you, I mean, let me ask you something. Does love, you know, for someone have an, uh, have an expiration date? No. You know, the answer is no. I mean, the other thing too is, you know, tell stories about your loved ones you've lost because if you don't, then they're going to be forgotten. And and when you die, who wants to be forgotten? I mean, do you want people to stop talking about you and just move on? You know, I hope I'll be remembered. I can tell you that.
0: Well, I don't know, Frank. Uh, start writing things down so we'll remember you. You know. <laughs> right. But we listen. Grief is different for each person, as you're saying. There's no prescribed or proper way to grieve. I mean, some people grieve for three weeks or three months. Others may grieve for three years. And some people grieve for 30 years. I mean, I remember growing up on Long Island, these Sicilian immigrants, they wore black. I mean, they wore a black dress for the rest of their lives. And they would think that it was wrong if you, you know, uh, to dance or drink red wine or laugh. Uh, Now, you you see a lot less of that today. But we've got to respect each
1: person's grieving process. Definitely. I mean some of uh, some of you, you will regret like something you said or didn't say and that's not unhealthy or weird to feel that sense of guilt but that will eventually go away it's okay not to not to be strong if to feel weak from it. it it's all part of the grieving process time means little to your grieving period you can't ignore tragedy and trauma and hope it goes away yeah now we speak of bereavement
0: right which is the time period and process whereby the person grieves and mourns their loss. And many parishes have bereavement groups to help people with their loss. And there's comfort and camaraderie that comes from knowing that, you know, that everyone there has some experience with loss. It sort of creates a non-judgmental atmosphere for people to be able to express their own feelings and share their own experience with others who can
1: relate. And some people go for a few weeks or a few months. It seems to be of great help to people. Absolutely. I mean, grief also can be an impetus to a change of heart or moral conversion that's something we don't think about but it can be the cross that saves the person grieving Um, the saints found solace in service that is in responding to the needs of others they found it easier to bear their own sorrows i had a friend who i work with um and uh he lost his son and his wife And going through this period was difficult for him. But finally, he said to me, you know, I can choose to be okay, or I can choose not to be okay for the rest of my life. And and I've chosen to be okay. And at first, I thought it was like pretty simplistic. But after I thought about it, he was right. It's not easy, but he was right, you know. Amazing. You know,
0: when we talk about bereavement ministry,
1: it's praying for
0: the dead and comforting those who mourn which is one of the spiritual works of mercy. And as we offer comfort to those who mourn, you know we should remember not to let them, you know, try not to let them shut themselves away and suffer privately, right. but let them know that we're there for them. And if they want to talk or if they need anything that we can provide, we offer it. If a person is stuck in their grief and may need additional help from a counselor, you know the goal of that isn't to instruct the person how they should feel, but to help them to learn and to know how to react to their thoughts and external situation in ways that deliver the emotional results that they want. And then they're better equipped to stay active and even develop new interests in that after that grieving period.
1: Yeah. I mean, the other thing, too, is the the difference between despair and grieving. You know, when I think of Padre Pio, his mother died and he was inconsolable. And the friars who lived with him couldn't understand why this saintly monk, you know, um, was, was, was carrying on like he did, because if anyone knew his mother was in heaven, it was him. So they asked him and he told them, there's a time for the head and there's a time for the heart. And this is the time for the heart. Even though he knew she was in heaven, he had, you know, he had to have that time to grieve and another great saint had a great point, Saint Alphonsus. You know, when you lose a family men, member, he said, instead of wasting time in pointless tears, he's let us pray for their souls yeah. and offer up the pain we feel at having lost them. Because when you pray for a soul, that's what they need. They need your prayers. They're right next to you. They're right next to you when you when you pray like that. So don't forget to pray for them and for the souls in purgatory, especially relatives. Without a doubt.
0: And, you know, there are ways that we have to remind ourselves that we can give support to someone who is grieving. You know, I mean, as we've been saying, you got to be a good listener, you know, and respect their way of grieving, their mood swings, their irritability, whatever it is, just allow for it. And avoid, as you said earlier, avoid giving advice, you know, refrain from trying to explain the loss to somebody. You know, you just want to stay connected, be available, and offer to help them with practical tasks, and only offer words that touch the heart and not the
1: mind. Yeah, wrap it up for us, Deacon.
0: Now, you remember, we're we're people of faith, and we we believe in God and in his promise to us. So the separation at death, although it is very hurtful and difficult, is temporary. And through Jesus Christ, the love that you shared with this person can and will last forever. Amen? Amen. Trust in God and move forward one day at a time. Folks, don't forget to like us and follow us and send us an email at conversation at gmail.com. That's conversation at gmail.com. Frank, I love you a lot. I'll talk to you next time, okay? Thanks, Deacon. God bless.